0: It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. National Security. Welcome everyone, this is Colonel Retired John Mills, Colonel Retired John Mills on the America Out Loud News Network and I'm talking with uh, talking with a wonderful, wonderful friend and colleague I've gotten to know and uh, his name is Steve Stern and uh, so I just, uh, this is going to be a great show where I'm just going to talk, uh, Steve and I are going to talk about several topics. But this is Colonel Rhett John on the nat- uh, National Security Hour for America Out Loud News Network. And Steve, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, to tell a little bit about me so you uh, know what I'm doing and how I got here. And it's a long story since, you know, when I get on Bannon and those programs, they always get my age out there at 82 because um, as it, as I am 82, most people say, well, how do you do in all this work? Well, I started when I was about 12 years old. I was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. I was born in Brooklyn, and uh, I wanted to go to Brooklyn Dodger games. And, you know, I had 25 cents in my pocket. You know, back then, uh, you know, $100 was worth 25 cents. So um, I saw in a magazine you could buy greeting cards and you could make some money. So I thought I'd be a hero. I borrowed $20 from my dad, and um, I got some the greeting cards. So the greeting cards came in, and I'm in a – big building, you know, one of these apartment houses in Brooklyn. And I go in the apartment building and I start to knock on doors and say, hey, I'm selling greeting cards. I want to make some money to go see the Brooklyn Dodgers. Well, I spent about two hours in the apartment building, sold zero greeting cards. So I went home, started crying to my dad. And, and, you know, look, as a 12-year-old kid, you say, geez, I borrowed 20 bucks from my dad. How am I going to pay it back? So my dad said, well, just do it. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, anybody can come home and cry. He says, go out there and sell it. You're a great guy, go do it. So I went next door to my uh, neighbor next door, her name was Jan Smith, and I knocked on the door and I said, you know, I knocked on the door before, you didn't buy greeting cards, but now my dad said, he's not gonna let me back in the apartment building unless I sell the greeting cards. Well, I stood there for about 20 minutes and finally she opens the door. She says, Steve, sit down and I'm gonna give you some milk and cookies. Well, that was nice. And she told me her life story, you know, she was a lonely lady, her husband had passed away, and, you know, I didn't really know her well. I just saw her in the pawn building would say hello. And so she sat there about 20 minutes and I listened and like a nice young man. And she says, you know, you're very nice. You listened to my story for 20 minutes. Most people wouldn't listen to the story. They just say, well, you know, thanks for the milk and the cookies and get out. So she said, you know, I'm going to buy five boxes of greeting cards from you. I said, oh, that's great. I said, that's fantastic. So I thought I'd be, you know, a hero. I thank you very much. Uh, you know, I started going to the apartment building and I sold no greeting cards. I spent another two hours out there and I sell, went home and I said to my dad, you know, I, didn't, I sold five boxes of greeting cards to my neighbor next door and that was it. Well, she said, he said, I got news for you. She must have told all her friends about you because I got 20 phone calls and everybody wants to buy greeting cards. So the whole idea of this is I never gave up. And still today, I have my life story, I never gave up and how I was successful. um, my dad was in the apparel business and from Brooklyn, we moved to uh, Miami and his father. And what, brother, what year was that? This was in 1953. And so in 1954, my dad his brothers were in the uh, my dad was in the shirt business and um, he left because he was involved with a gentleman uh, for many years, and gentleman died, and he, his son took over. On, uh, it was a white on white shirt business during the war and everything, and he did very well. And he didn't like the son. My dad was a very tough guy. So he went to work for another company. He didn't like it because he had to travel to Wilmington, North Carolina all the time. And he didn't really like traveling because he liked to be home. So his brother said, we have a hotel down here where we lease. And you know we'd like you to come down and we'll get your hotel. So he moved the whole family down there. We got down there. I remember seeing palm trees because I never even knew what a palm tree looked like. But I got into Miami Beach where where they had the hotel, and mm-hmm. we looked at it. My dad got involved for about six months and didn't like it, so he bought into a wholesale business, uh, which was a shirt, you know, like shirts and underwear and different stuff. And it was two other partners. And I would come down after school. I was in junior high school at that time, and I would take the bus down there. And these were gentlemen who opened stores down in downtown Miami who were Cubans who had come from Cuba and they didn't speak much English I didn't speak much Spanish so they taught me taught me a little Spanish I taught them a little English and you know the one thing I learned about with them was they were very honest guys and they taught me how to be honest and they taught me a little bit about the business because let's face it 12 years old you really don't know much about the business so they indoctrinated me and I got into the business and you know as I grew older uh, I enjoyed the business. I said, well, maybe I'll make a career that. So uh, my dad eventually bought out the other partners for reasons we won't go into. But uh, so as I was 18, uh, I was coming down and spending more time in there after school. And um, um, I went out to um, uh, Dallas. And
0: all of this is in Miami Beach proper?
1: Well, this is Miami. He They bought the business in Miami. His father and brother had businesses in miami beach they were barbers at that time and they also leased hotels and he didn't like that so that's how he ended up going to that business so it's a funny thing how you know god comes down and taps you on the head and this is what you're going to do so during my vacations when you know when i when I, i went to new york and i would knock on doors in the empire state building and you know get to know people and then one one time i went out to um uh texas uh, there was a men's show out there, and I wanted to go out and see what it was, and I was about 19 years old. And um, I was standing out there looking at these shirts um, where a guy had this, and a guy came out to visit with me, and he says, son, what are you looking at? I said, well, I'm looking like those shirts over there. He says, you're a pretty smart guy. He says, I'm going to tell you who I am. He says, I'm I'm a guy who sold J.C. JCPenney for many years. I own half of Laguna Beach. I made a lot of money, but, you know, I really haven't been able to enjoy it because I work so hard that, you know, over the years, JCC Penny put me through a lot and I did a lot of business with them and, you know, I, I, I'm at buying these uh, places out there. So he said, you know, let me tell you a little story about that. He says, I want to retire. He says, I'm now doing consulting work for JC JCPenney, but I really don't want to do that anymore because, you know, I want to enjoy my life. I'm 80 years old and, you know, now I'm 82, so we can relate back to that. So um, he said, why don't you buy these shirts in JCPenney, change the labels, put them on, you know, when you go to your show in Miami, put them up there. And I'm sure the Penny people will come in and they will, uh, you know, say something to you and maybe you'll get involved. So what I did was I bought about 20 shirts. I was pretty smart. I decorated the whole shirt. These were banded bottom shirts. So what a banded bottom shirt is, a regular shirt with a band on the bottom. And it's a very popular shirt. And I'll tell you the story about it. So I'm at the show and these Two guys from Pompano Beach, Florida, come in and say, you know, where would JC Penny. We like those shirts. What are you doing? I said, well, you know, I'm just starting in these things. And, you know, we'd like to get involved with that because the gentleman who was doing it for you wants to retire. And um, they said, well, that's great. Why, why don't you, here's the information, go down to JCPenney buying office and, you know, get a vendor number and we'll buy them for you. Well, um, I did that and make a long story short, uh, I did 14 million a year for 44 years with them and how wow. i developed it wow. uh, we we started with the band and bottom shirts and the band and bottom shirts i found out you know as i went into the penny stores and i investigated all this stuff you know i spoke to the customers i would stand there for hours as the customers come in and buy the shirts i would ask them well, oh you know how come you're buying these They've got a lot of information back and i started building a line and i developed that line into a whole mature men's line so you know back then most of the shirts didn't have pockets guys were wearing shirts you know without pockets and all our customers wanted pockets. So I started mm-hmm. doing three pockets, four pockets, all different pockets. And the line was very successful. And- well, well
0: from i I bought a lot of shirts at, from 80 to let's say about the mid-90s at JC Penny. I mean, all my dress clothes came from JC Penny. I mean, so were, were some of those yours?
1: Uh probably not. My shirts were geared more to the you know, the older gentlemen mm-hmm. and they were more of the of the we call them palm land. And we built it. Uh, in, in resort type stores because, you know, uh, it was more mature, more resort type, and we built it up. And what I, why I was successful was because I didn't start to sell Sears and I didn't start to sell Coles, which I could have. I wanted to key in on one account. I want to be honest with them. I said, look, you're my major account. And what I did was develop this into a whole series of stuff. So as I was doing that, um, you know, I had, because we were building a business, I was uh, working for a um, company. Uh, also besides my own company, I did some consulting work. I was buying for a army Navy group of stores, uh, as a consultant, and I was representing some other manufacturers as I was traveling around the state in, in, penny stores, because I had had to develop the line and I had to speak to all these guys and I had to understand each store because, and most of them were in Florida because there was a lot of resort as you know, people come down, but a lot of these resort people liked it in the other, the other areas. So the buyer, He would say, come in and, you know, sit down, use my phones, because back then there was Watts lines and, you know, it would cost you to make long distance calls. So he would say, hey, come in, use the line because he wanted to build a career for himself because Penny's had an office in Miami, an office in New York and an office in L.A. So he wanted to become the New York buyer. So he wanted to develop it. And he was dealing also with Hispanic manufacturers in Miami. And he would say, Steve. You know, these guys come in, I tell them to come in at nine o'clock. They show up at nine thirty. So, Steve, you come in at seven thirty. You're waiting for me when I come in to have a cup of coffee. So I understand, you know what you want to do and I know you're going to develop the line. So we developed the line together. We came very friendly. And, you know, what I would do is I would call the stores, get the orders, bring them back to the, the warehouse, which is about 10 minutes away, give them to my dad. He would pick the orders, get them out. And we built that business slowly and we developed it with a lot of common sense. So that worked into all this type stuff until we built the business. And then about uh, prior to 9-11, as you see all the shirts in the back, I bought a company in Cincinnati called Gilman Knitwear, which was a company built up into 1932. 1932. So I started in 54, they started in 32, and they were making one shirt called Benji, which um, is our star shirt. Uh, of course, you can't see it, but uh, it's the constitution and a flag on it. And that developed... You know, when 9-11 hit, people became patriotic. Now, I've been on TV a lot, and, you know, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But um, that particular shirt became very popular because there was patriotism when 9-11 happened. Everybody got together. And, you know, as well as I did, patriotism now has gone down from 68 percent down to 34 percent. So we see the, the you know, America uh, disintegrating because when patriotism goes down, your country falls apart. Because if people aren't patriotic, hey, they're, they're going to let it fall. So that's just some of the stories. And, you know, I, I uh, what I also did family, I have um, three children, eight grandchildren. Um, we did, What I did was a little bit different than most people. I was a family man, and I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning and get to the office about 5.10, 5.15 and start my day. And I'd get out of there about 3.30, 4 o'clock and be on the tennis courts with my kids every day, seven days a week. We would play tennis tournaments over the weekend. I, I ended up as the secretary of the Florida Tennis Association for eight years. Um, we developed all this tennis. My son got a, uh, scholarships to Cal Irvine and then played for Florida. And he was the captain. My two daughters got scholarships to Maryland. So I played tennis for 44 years while I was building a business. Now, you can always build a bigger business, but you got to develop a family. So, you know, yeah. I did all this type stuff and and, and that's how we, we developed it. And, uh, you know, I saw... And this develops into some of the things that I did later in our Republican thing. I saw how a lot of these older people who were running these tournaments could care less about the kids. You know what I mean? They were interested in, you know, running a tournament. But some of the guys came in a little bit under the weather, you know, a little bit uh, uh, over the top from the night before, drinking too much. And probably some of them were drinking even while they were running a tennis tournament. So one time, um, uh, one of our friends was told, you're an hour late. And I was there when they told her to be there at 10. And, you know, he said, you should have been there at nine. Well, I got upset because this was not right. Didn't give her a chance or anything like that because I knew the guy lied. And so I went to the newspapers and I started getting involved. I became the secretary of the Florida Tennis Association. And I developed uh, tennis in Florida from four or five people that they had to a whole office uh in florida where they now have probably 50 60 people i've got out of it because i developed into the republican party and have done a lot of work which we'll talk about in the next segment so any questions you may have because you may want to ask a few things about you know and we'll you know we yeah. don't want to Well, you know, it, go ahead
0: yeah yeah i i found i find your story really fascinating um and when we we just have a couple of minutes left here um status in new york so you grew up in new york how does new york look to you today
1: well you know i was a democrat when i was younger so you know i was in in with all the people you know what i mean but and my parents were democrats because a lot of the jewish people were democrats and um they were democrats but i wasn't really involved in politics then so i didn't really you know uh, worry about it or anything like that but going back to new york of all the states that i work with and we'll talk about that in one of the other segments new york is the worst the people there uh, you know, Long Island is very uh, Republican. They just don't get involved. They don't want to get involved in a national basis. They want to do it all themselves. There's a lot of um, rhinos there. Uh, and so, in New York, uh, Lee Zeldin had come to me uh, with his campaign to get him poll watches at one time. We got him 300 poll watches, along with uh, Cleta Mitchell and uh, Mike Lindell and uh, Steve Bannon, all helped. And then they never even you know, thanked us. They didn't even have the courtesy to pick up the phone. And when I spoke, try to speak to Zeldin, he just ignored me. So I figured, you know, if you do a job, you expect, hey, just a little thankfulness. You don't want anything for it. You know, you want to help. So I would say New York, you know, and, and I don't give up because we do have people in New York. But overall, it's going to take us a little while. So I've moved over to California, which we want to turn California red. And we'll talk about that in one of our other segments. Wow.
0: Wow. Well, you, you moved at the right time. You moved down to Florida when it was still really undeveloped and uh, it's fascinating. And uh, your involvement with the, so was it, were your factories more in uh, Miami proper or the Miami greater area? Oh, we
1: proper? didn't really have, we didn't really have factories. What happened was, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I went through the empire state building and um, you know, um they were mo- mostly in korea and uh, areas like that okay
0: okay oh okay i got that i got that well um yeah fascinating. i just love your story steve and i've loved to get getting to know you and i just always appreciate your your just your wonderful faith family and that's really good i i'm because i think that's one of the things that's missing is that family component and it's just it's it's really incredible that you always you had a career, but in the end, you know, uh, God and family were first, and so that's that's something that's missing from today's environment. Uh, so uh, uh, we're we're coming to the end of this segment. We'll come right back. Uh, but uh, thank you, every uh, thank you, everybody, and Steve. Uh, Steve, we're going to talk to you some more here in the next two segments. But thanks for sharing your story. Uh, this is Colonel Rhett John on. National Security Hour. We'll be right back with
2: the next segment with our wonderful guest, Steve Stern. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID 19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with CoFixRx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? CoFix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout.
0: This is Colonel Rhett John on the National Security Hour on America Out Loud News Network. And... Uh, Talking to Steve Stern, uh, founder of the Shirt Company and also the precinct strategy. And that's one of the things that really got my attention in the wake of 2020. But I was involved in elections before then and involved uh, quite detail because I've been on the federal stand and asked that direct question or statement Uh You've only gotten involved in this because of the outcome of the 2020 election. I go absolutely not. Actually, it's 2019 in Virginia. But Steve, you've you've created, I think, one of the most impactful groups out there, the precincts uh, strategy. So so tell us about that, and uh, and why did you get involved, and 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 how did you get involved, and and just where where from where you started to where you're at today.
1: So about 20 years ago, um, I called. Broward republican executive committee and they didn't answer the call for three months they finally answered after three months because i kept you know calling and calling and calling finally somebody i guess picked up the phone and called back so i'd like to join and they said oh we'll send you an application took them three months to send me an application well that's six months lost and then i finally got an application and took about two months more to get in because these people were discombobulated and really didn't know what the heck they were doing so i finally got in and i sit there in the meeting and nobody talks to me and then you know i left that meeting and i was trying to figure out what i'm supposed to do and i went to the next meeting same thing happened so i went up at the end of the meeting to the chairman and i said i'd like to be the membership chairman and by the way i'd like to take over your phones because it doesn't seem like anybody's really answering the phone she said, oh that's great because nobody's really doing anything i, I could see that so they had about 150 people and a lot of these people did nothing you know they came to a meeting and they sat there, and you know, and then they went home, and it was kind of like a social club.
0: And and at that time, was Broward a a blue or red or purple? Broward has
1: always been blue. They've always been democratic. It's the uh, it's actually still the only county in the in Florida that is blue. So, and,
0: and just for everybody's orientation, where where is Broward County in Florida? Broward
1: County is Fort Lauderdale, and I live okay. in West. And we'll tell you that whole story real quick. We will try to put as much as we can in because we have a lot of information so i took over the phones i went to the phones and i and i got the uh the code and i and there was 168 messages on there so i started calling the people a lot of these people were people that wanted to get involved and i said holy cow these people just like me they never called them back so i called and i got 24 new members and i told the people the fellow that i was answering the phone was sick blah, blah blah i made up a story and i said i'm glad to help i got a lot of information out of that so as i became the membership director i did a lot of stuff and over the years there's still, you know, we brought this up to a lot of people, but they still didn't do anything. They still were not going out and doing what they should have been doing, you know, knocking on doors. So about three and a half years ago, um, and, and I had brought this up from about 125, 130 people to about 400 people by getting these people involved. And we got did get a couple of people elected, but not really great. So I saw Dan Schultz on Steve Bannon, and he's The one that started Precinct Strategy, and I find out that he was working with Steve Bannon for 14 years on this. And I called um, uh, Dan up and I said, you know, I'm in Broward County and we've got some success stories and, you know, I'd really like to get a policy. So look, let me see if I can get you on Steve Bannon. Well, uh, turns out about a month goes by and um, uh, his producer uh, calls me up and says, we'd like to have you on as a success story. Well, I was going to be on the next day. And I got up about three o'clock in the morning because, you know, if you go in front of a million people, um, you got to know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so I got up at three and I figured I, you know, I, I was like all night long. I was saying, well, I don't know what I'm going to say. So I wrote down a lot of notes and I figured I'd go back to sleep. And, but I never did because it kept my mind kept going around in circles. So I was going to be on there at 11 o'clock. And as it turned out, they moved it to 1115, then 1130, then 1145. So I figured maybe I'm not even going to go on. So, boom. Eleven forty six. They call and they get me on, and you know I I go on for about fifteen minutes and give them a whole story. And they, about two weeks later, um, uh, his producer called me. Said, "Hey, Steve, loved this. He said you're doing a great job selling precinct strategy. So what is precinct strategy? Precinct strategy is the Republican Party." There's 400,000 slots, which they have in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. And in every county in the United States, they have an executive county or some kind of committee. Every state is different. So if you go to Precinct Strategy, which is really owned by Dan Schultz, uh, that, that will tell you in your state how you can get involved and whether it is an executive committee, county committee, or et cetera, et cetera. So since then, I've been on Bannon about 50 times, but I expanded to all programs all over the United States because we had to get the message out. So I figured if we can do this in in Broward, we can do this all over the United States. So we've been doing this for about three years. We're still in the same position. We have we started with about 180,000 people. We got them up to about 220. We went down to about 210 because people pass. They retire, you know, they get older or they don't want to do this anymore. And we're trying to find ways to, um, you know, to get this done. So we got President Trump to endorse it. We got Mike Lindell to endorse it. Just to give you a quick story, I called Mike Lindell. Uh cold. He said, Do I know you? I said, I saw you two years ago at one of these events. And I said, But I love your towels. Well, you know, if you're a businessman, you always tell somebody they got a great product, they're gonna listen to you because hey, mm-hmm. I love my mm-hmm. towels. So I said, oh, that's very nice. He says, What are you calling about? I said, Well, do you know what precinct strategy is? He said, No, tell me. I only have a little bit of time because I'm a busy guy. I said, I know your pillows are <laughs> tough and you're on TV all the time. So he said, well, hi, hang on one second after I spoke to him for about two minutes. Let me get my girl on the phone. So we talked for about 35, 40 minutes. And he said, Steve, I want you and Dan on the program tomorrow. We got on the program. He endorsed it the next day. And I said to him, I'd like to get President Trump to do this. So he got involved and Liz Harrington got involved and Bannon got involved. We got President Trump to endorse it along with many, many other people. Now, mm-hmm. here's the problem. I was up to see President Trump uh, a number of times. And and in November, two days before the election, I spoke with him and I asked him if he would talk about it at his rallies. Well, you know, if he talks about it, he's going to get at a 40,000 rally, maybe 5,000 people to get involved. And if I talk about it on Bannon or one of the programs, I'm going to get 10, 20, 100 people involved. And that's what happened. So he's never done it. So we don't know why we've talked to everybody, you know, whatever the reason is. So we, we have to go another way. And the other way we're doing it, I was out in Las, uh, Las Vegas at um, Clay Clark's event. And mm-hmm. I saw a gentleman from Nevada mm-hmm. um, standing there with a booth, and he was getting people signing up. And I said to myself, wow, this is great. Let me speak to some of the people and find out why they're not a member. And they said, well, we didn't even know there was an executive county committee in Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. this is a great way. So I got the great idea. I called up um, General Flynn, who I am work with, mm-hmm. and General Flynn said, hey, why don't you speak at the next event in Miami? And we did this about two months ago. I spoke there. We had a table. We signed mm-hmm. up 400 people. We did media. I did interviews with uh, General Flynn and um, Mike Lindell and many, many other people. And we got a lot of information out of that. And we find out that this is the way to go. Every way mm-hmm. we have a gun show or anything like that, you got to sign up people. Because yeah. if we don't get the people involved, you and I know this it's not going to happen. Now, I just read this morning, uh, the Democrats, uh, Biden, has a couple of things that we should be doing, which he, you know, he's doing. And he's pretty, you know, I guess they're smarter than we are. Um they're signing up all the government employees. You know, most of the government employees are Democrats, mm-hmm. and they're, if they are not a signed up to be a registered voter, they're making them sign up to be a registered voter and getting them out to vote. Yeah. So they're doing some of the things, and we'll talk about it at the next uh, segment. But the, the Republicans got to get on a the ball. They are the the Democrats have a system. The Republicans have no system, and that's one of the problems that we have. We've been talking to try to talk to Rhonda McDaniel's. We can't get through to her, so it shows you that they are in charge of the Republican Party, which is us, and they're not even conversing with us. So how are they going to know, how are we going to know, you know, what's going to happen? Because they do it through their heads of the Republican Party of each state, who a lot of them are rhinos, establishment people. So I work, and and also Steve Bannon asked me to get a, a, a program together of people who have success stories just like I did. And we did that, and we got 20 of them on. I want to give you a couple that you'll see. If we get these people involved, what's going to happen? So a girl in uh, New Jersey, Liz uh, Nader, she started Mm -hmm. a club, a radio guy, and they started with 20 people about maybe about a year and a half ago. They got 120,000 people involved. So this can happen in New Jersey, a blue state. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have a guy named Robert West in Texas. He started the Five Star Plan. He wrote a book called The Five Star Plan. He got 1,000 people involved in Texas. I've just been involved over the last six months. Tina was Celine out of California. She mm-hmm. saw me in Manhattan. She called me up. She says, how are we going to get California together? I said, all right, give me a couple of weeks. We'll set it up. She started giving me people all over California. We started talking to them. They are now so positive that we have people calling me every day from California. How do we get involved? What do we do? And I turn it back over to Tina. But um, We started uh, um, a pack called Drain the Swamp. USA.com to help the candidates because that's all part of precinct strategy. Mm -hmm. What you do as a committee man and committee woman is you get candidates elected, you sign up voters, you canvass neighborhoods, you poll watch, you make phone calls. So that's what you do in the Republican Party. And we have a lot of success stories that we have. And then another time we could probably go into them. So when I saw President Trump, he asked me what I thought about the election. I said, Look, I don't think anything's going to happen because nothing has changed. You know, it's the same old, same old. Uh, Mm -hmm. We know stolen and you know more and more information is coming out every day i see different articles and you know it's not getting through the courts but hey the more stuff that comes out the more we hear and the more the people testify and it just happened in italy i don't know if you heard but somebody just testified in italy about how the election was stolen in the united states i haven't read it yet but i will Is and this
0: this is related to the leonardo thing
1: yeah i'm is pretty it... sure it was so yeah, yeah in in, 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 in one, time,
0: one 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 thing i'd like to So everybody understands the impact of the precinct strategy. This is about, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, this is about essentially exerting influence and potentially even uh, uh, taking the leadership of a county or a county equivalent Republican Party. Is is that the idea?
1: A hundred percent, because every county, like we have a county and they have Republican clubs as well as that. So I'll explain it to you. You become a member. You could become a member of a club. Also, I'm the i the vice president of the Western Republican Club. So some people don't want to travel. You know, to to the meetings, they want to go in their local areas. So they get involved in local areas. Now, in order to get people, um, you know, elected, you got to have an organization. The organization is in your county. So the bigger you have, the amount more people you have, the more people at work, the better chance you go knocking on doors and getting people elected. So think about this. We got 60 million Republican voters, or thereabouts, and we have 200,000 people involved. What in the heck is wrong with all these people? They're lazy. The American are mm-hmm. mm-hmm. lazy. Now, one of the things that happens, until the country goes down the tubes, which is happening, and you know it and I know that, until it goes really down the tubes, and what's going to happen is the borders open and people start coming in, and we got 200 Chinese coming in, as you know. You've done a lot of research on this. Uh, we got terrorists coming in. You know, it's just waiting to happen. As soon as that happens, The first terrorist attack, everybody's going to get involved. And that's what's going to happen. And the same thing happened. You know, I I was up doing an interview with Giuliani. And, you know, Giuliani was the mayor of New York. And how did he get elected? Crime was at 10 percent. He lost. Crime was at 30 percent. He lost. Crime was at 80 percent. He won. So it's Mm -hmm. the same thing in the United States. Until something happens where it affects you, you just lay back and you don't get involved. But we do have great people. You know, I Mm -hmm. do have great people. Mm -hmm. One of them. There's a guy in Connecticut uh, who's a young man, 20 years old, Dominic Lombardi. Uh, he's a, a vice chair. He started uh, the Republican Party. Imagine a guy 20 years old because, you know, Turning Point, which I work with, um, you know, with um, Tyler Boyer and Charlie Kirk, uh, mm-hmm. getting people involved. We must get the young people in, involved because you and I, you know, we're we're going to retire someday from the Republican Party. or We're not going to do it anymore. We need to get the younger people involved if we don't get them involved. So this guy. We did an interview and we put it out on 10,000 people and solely we'll get involved. So before we end this, if we have a few minutes, I want to read you a letter. When I saw President Trump um, and why he saw me, he wrote me a letter for my birthday. And I want to read this because this is one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Um, not this birthday, but the one before it says, Dear Steve, we join your family and friends in wishing you a happy 81st birthday. Our nation is strong because of hard work patriots like you who believe in and defend the great American ideals of faith, family, community, and country first. Your commitment to excellence and dedication is exemplifying to the American dream through ingenuity, hard work, and principled leadership is the fundamental of tremendous success and demonstrates the proud spirit of family owned and operated businesses. As you celebrate this special day, we hope your heart is filled with joy, knowing that you experienced the country's greatest blessing, freedom, and the affection of your loved ones. Melania and I send your very best wishes for your confirmed happiness and success. Happy birthday, and may God bless you and your family. Donald J. Trump. Now, this is the greatest thing I think that's ever happened. You know, a president recognizes the fact that you're doing this. So that, you know, just gets me doing better. And he's asked me to do something. We have a Zoom meeting every three weeks for election integrity and precinct strategy. We bring out all these people to get on, uh, we have as many people watching as between 300 and 800, and these people learn what all these people are doing: Cleta Mitchell, uh, Joe von Pulitzer, Dr. Frank, Mike Lindell, Heather Honey, Dr. Robert Epstein, Michelle Swinnick, Raj uh, Dijani, Linda sinkwitz and many, many other people who are helping this country with election integrity. I want to mention Marley Hornick, who is really doing a phenomenal job. So. That's that's most of the stuff we have, and it's um you know if you have any questions or so you want to end that so we can we can go on to our next set.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome, Steve. You put the same energy into this as you did uh, with your shirt company, and have really been quite successful. And uh, that's uh, uh, I'm in Virginia uh the challenge with virginia we have a lot of inner uh national level groups especially the rnc that roll in and kind of push the grassroots folks so i'm going to definitely get involved I, i'm very involved but i try to do it as an absolute non-partisan person and uh i've uh uh had a lot of impact in my county uh but uh i've stayed away from the county GOP I do all of this totally agnostic as a uh, as an absolute nonpartisan now some of the things I'm I was a court appointed uh uh the Republicans uh sued uh in in 22 and uh we had court-appointed uh precinct chairs uh or precinct deputy chairs to run the actual election and I was parachuted into a blue precinct to provide equivalency it's state law in virginia you got to have equivalency on people who declare as a republican democrat they've blown that off years but a lot of it was exactly what you said lack of participation lack of involvement and that's that's still deadly here and uh so the 23 election in virginia at least uh just because that's where i'm at did not go well. I know there was some some victories, but uh, it didn't go well. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. But Steve, you've built up just a remarkable... And Dan Schultz, who I uh, met uh, personally in St. Louis about a month ago at an event. Uh, and he's incredible. But between the two of you, you just built up just a remarkable organization. So thank you for that and uh, this is Colonel Rhett John on the National Security hour uh having a great conversation uh uh with Steve Stern and uh, the founder of uh, my shirt or shirt uh, the shirt company and but also
1: flagshirt.com the flagshirt.com
0: the flag there you go flagshirt.com but also the precinct strategy along with Dan Schultz so uh Thank you, and uh, we're going to go on to the next segment here in just a moment.
2: We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio.
0: This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why
2: Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing,
0: giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. Rhett John, uh, the National Security Hour on America Out Loud News Network, and uh, our final segment with uh, Steve Stern, uh, Flagshirt.com, uh, the Flagshirt.com, uh, Flagshirt Company. So it's been a grand. We've been talking about really the, the, the precinct strategy, which him and, and uh, Dan Schultz have done a wonderful job on. So, uh, Steve, what do you think? What are the three things that need to be done for the 24 election? And what's kind of your observations on areas that could be improved in the 23 election?
1: Well, I would say the first thing is if people want to get involved, I'm going to give you my email and my phone number because I do call everybody back and email. And that's very important because a lot of people don't know how to get involved. And we're going to tell you, you go to S-Stern, that's S-S-T-E-R-N, 1054 at AOL.com, and we'll do this at the end too. So, if somebody's listening and they want to get involved, uh, and you can call me at 954 318 6902. I'm going to repeat that slowly, both of them, because a lot of people tell me I go too fast. You know, I'm the old Brooklyn guy that gets things fast, and, you know, I work fast, but you know, it, it's it's funny because uh, I get a lot of calls and a lot of emails, and it's wonderful that you can speak to people around the country to find out. So, go to S S T E R N S Stern. at AOL.com or 954-318-6902. Now, I think one of the most important things we can do is, um, you know, we're supposed to have uh, one of the one of the days, Christina Norton, who is uh, the head of the Republican Party for Election Integrity. Now, this is some of the problems we have. Now, I spoke to her a bunch of times and she's supposed to be on our uh, one of our Zoom meetings and they don't respond. You know what I mean? They say they're mm-hmm. going to be on and mm-hmm. you can't get it. And, you know, this is the problem that they don't understand. Now, she told me she wants to get 60,000 uh, poll watchers and poll workers over what we have. We have 60,000. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of counties that don't have those people in there. Now, not that they're going to do a lot, but they're going to show the Democrats that we got people involved. Mm-hmm. So think mm-hmm. about this. We have 60,000 and now we get another 60,000. Democrats are going to see that we wake up. Now, you're on TV a lot. You're You hear a lot. You don't hear everybody talking about precinct strategy. You don't hear everybody talking about getting involved. And they're all talking about what's wrong with the country.
0: Well, well, let's let let's kind of be uh, by how would I say this? The challenge with the precinct strategy is it runs it 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 essentially w- is trying to assert um uh, let's say influence, maybe even control over a local uh republican party which obviously the republican party may have a, a different view how, how is that going because you do mention a lot of republican your you know rnc and things like that uh I, it would seem there almost would be a little counter to your uh, to your goal which i think is 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 admirable and admirable and wonderful and correct but it seems like they'd want to fight you how is that going
1: Yes. So that's, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because we have rhinos in, in the party. We're going to tell you how we're defeating it because, see, we're spending a lot of time trying to defeat them. So let's just take Broward County. Uh, Broward County had a guy who was controlling it. Um, you know, very nice guy. I uh, passed away and I got my friend who I've been working with, um, uh, Chris Marino, as the chairman. And believe it or not, of everything I do, I'm going to run for vice chair. He was the vice chair. He moved up to chair and I'm going to run for vice chair. So how do we do this? We show the country in Broward County what's happening. And we do have a lot of counties that are working. I'm going to give you some of the the states that we have terrific things going on. One of them is a guy in Rhode Island. Now, you take Rhode Island, you would think, you know, who who cares about Rhode Island? And one of the funny things is when I was on Bannon, you know, he asked me about getting um, success stories on. The first guy I got was uh, New Mexico. Now we don't talk, you know, we talk about Wisconsin, Michigan. We don't talk about those little states, but that's where the action's happening. So I got him on and Bannon reamed my butt and says, Why are you bringing on a little state like this?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, when we could be talking about well, I said, look. And then he w- heard was the that
0: guy, well, was that was that love note in the form of a text or was that verbal from, from that was a
1: text. He doesn't <laughs> verbal anything. He he pretty much <laughs> the only verbal that you hear. You know, it's funny because you know, we did a, a flag day event. Which next year we're going to have you on, but we, you know, my son asked me to do him a favor and have a a flag day event, and he thought I'd have five or six speakers. Well, I had forty six speakers, eight hours long on TV, and we had some of the top guys, and I interviewed Bannon and a bunch of other guys, and I asked them personal questions, you know, like how many papers you read a day, and you know, because people want to know about you and everybody else. So, when I do the interviews, I do a little bit strange things, and you know, I get information out that people want to know about. So, you know, we had a guy, like I said, in Rhode Island, Alan Myers. I love him because he ran for Congress. He lost. The next day, he called everybody who lost because he knew what was going on in Rhode Island. He took over the Republican Party there. He took all the rhinos out. He's now the chair of chairs. Eighty percent of them went from rhinos to MAGA. And that's how we do this in every state that we can. So we're doing this in many, many states. In South Carolina, Joe Satino, he runs a paper every day where it comes out. He works 24-7 getting the information out to the people, because you need information. Most of our people don't have this information. And, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is I'm a one-man show. Dan Schultz is a one-man show. You're a one-man show. We need to get the people together. We need mm-hmm. to, you know, form this organization because, let's face it, the border is open, right? And mm-hmm. you work on the border. And I work with Tom Holman, Tom Trento, and we heard a lot of stories. And I said, all you got to do is very simple. Get millions of people calling you congressmen. Mm-hmm. Bang away at them, and say close the freaking border, because it's sooner or later, we're going to see what's going to happen when ten million people get in, and you have no control of it. You're going to see strange things happening that you never knew would happen in the United States, and it's starting now. When you had a hundred thousand people going, you know, against the Israelis, against the war, and you know, a lot of these people in a lot of these schools, you're finding out that the schools take millions of dollars from Qatar, millions, billions from Qatar, Harvard, and all these schools. We're American, but they, mm-hmm. we're being controlled by all these Arab countries. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. putting their money in and take and everything is money. You know, mm-hmm. this is the, the thing. So I do, you do, we do everything for free. You know, we sell our mm-hmm. books. We but we do, we, we're doing this for the good of the country. Now, we have to get more people like that. And I've got mm-hmm. people like this all over the country. I got Mark Knowles in Oregon. He's doing a terrific job in doing it. In Delaware, we got Jim Weldon. He was the second guy I got on in Bannon again. Read my butt. This is why you have somebody from Delaware. So, well, who lives in Delaware? Says, well, the president lives in Delaware. All these
0: no, all no. these states count. All these states exactly. count. And That's okay.
1: what I do. I'm involved with every state, getting people involved, and we invite them to our Zoom meetings. We get three to eight hundred people on to listen to what's going on to these people talking about what they're doing in every state. Because you don't know what's going on in the other state. How would you know? There's 125 thousand people that are doing that. How would you know in Massachusetts that a girl started. Uh, Sue O'Sullivan. She started 15 county committees by herself and just appointed the people. Nobody was even doing it in Massachusetts. Now they got 50, 60 that they never had before. We need to do this all over the country and we need organization. Now, you would think that the Republican Party of the United States would do this, right? But they have no, all they care about is money and giving it to the candidates they want. So what we're doing with our PACs and with everything else, and we, we're getting Donors, we're talking to them and asking them, you're asking what happened in Virginia. We're 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 telling them to divot directly to the candidate because your governor decided that these eight candidates he was gonna go for, and he went behind them. Some of them won, some of them lost, but you saw what happened. They did bring out the people. Yeah, the yeah this, out the people this, and this is, they used the abortion thing, you know, to to get the people out. We have to find things. Look, we are we are honest, sincere people. That's one thing I love about the Republicans. When I talk about a lot of my brethren who are Democrats, and, you know, I talk to them and say, hey, look, we've got people that are running this country that are crooks. You know that and I know that. And all they care about is the good old greenback. They don't care about the country. They care about taking care of themselves. And this is what's happening. So we need to get candidates who are not going to do this. You know what I'm saying? We need to get those candidates. They need to be vetted. And that's some of the things that we're trying to work on to be able to get that done. So I would say when you talk about the election there's a lot of things that have to be done. I'm not sure that the 2024 election is going to be any better than the 2023 or 2022 because there's no organization yet. Now I know yeah, yeah. we have a well, lot if, of
0: good if, if we could hold on it if we could sure. go back to Virginia and yeah. and you you identified some of the elements that again and I do everything I do is absolutely agnostic ag political uh, but uh, one thing that happens in Virginia over and over again: one, the 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 blue side is very well funded. Fifty five people on staff at Richmond for the state for the state uh, blue team, uh, and in the on the red team, they got one person, Rich Anderson, who has a secretary and a part time uh, contractor. That's it. And they always buy, and so I know he, he complains, and I know Rich personally, and we have coffee every so often together, but it was an utter disaster. And it was, yeah, it's exactly what you said, Youngkin, uh, um, uh the name's right at the tip of my tongue. His person came in and said, everybody give money to us, ignore the candidate, and we'll dole it out. I thought it was a disaster, and we, we lost, sure, we, we lost the Senate, yeah. or we Let lost the House.
1: Let me show you what we're doing in Florida and why we went from one hundred and ten thousand down Democrats to plus five hundred and fifty thousand Republicans. Think about that. You know what I'm saying? We could do this in every state because what we did, we built up our executive committees where we have more and more people. I call every one of them every six months. Tell me how many people you got in. Why aren't you getting more people? How are you going to do this? We give them manuals. We give them other stuff because we find out who who are the rhinos and who are the people that are working on it we only work with the people that are you know that are true because Mm -hmm. rhinos are not going to help us so we go with the you know with the areas and we've turned uh naples um we've turned fort myers uh we've turned orlando we've turned jacksonville we've turned the panhandle so you see that these people are doing so how do they get the candidates elected because in the house if we didn't get the florida people elected we would never have won the house. And the same thing in California, same thing in New
0: York. You mean the the U.S. house?
1: Yeah, the U.S. Yeah. house. That's okay. what we got to work with now because if we don't keep the house, you see what's happening. They're finally doing something. We got a guy in the, mm-hmm. in the house. Uh, he may not be the best leader in the world, but he's doing something a lot better than what happened before. And we're seeing things getting action. Now, we got a small majority. We got to keep that majority. And you just go back to how we're going to do this. We've got to get the people involved. So we, you and I, Got to find a way to get more people involved, and I'm working with Moms of America. I did an interview with them. They have 139,000 people. Um, They want to get them. And and they
0: are. uh, It's uh, Tina and uh, oh oh my goodness, Uh, the two ladies are just wonderful. But I have I've talked to them. I reference them in the book, but they have just they're they're laser focused on school boards. Laser focused, and I love that laser focus.
1: So I spoke to them and I said, yes, it's great. We got the school boards. And that's the that's start because we know we have these schools that are teaching these kids uh, all the stuff that we don't want them to teach. And, you know, that's helping. But I've also told them, hey, if you win the school boards, but you don't win your house or you don't win your Senate, you, this country is going to go down. So we need to get involved. Then I spoke to Lindell, had a big talk with him. He was down in Miami. We talked about how we're going to get his cause of America, 300,000 people to get together with the precinct strategy says 100%, you got my backing and we're talking as people. We just got, um, uh, you talk about New Mexico. We just got 50, 100 people there. uh, They gave me people in um, uh, uh, Wisconsin. So you know, we're taking these states one at a time, but you know what? We don't have a lot of time and we need people. Just like you said, why do we only have one person in Virginia? It's ridiculous. You need a hundred people there because one person can't do the job of a hundred. And that's what we tell them all over the country. And they're starting to understand it. But is it going to happen fast enough? You know what I mean? It, yeah,
0: I'm, I'm going to have, I have a large list and I'll work with you on that. But I have a large list on uh, uh, the Virginia folks. And we're going to be having a call here uh, uh, shortly in Virginia uh, to th- this month to uh, get it, get everybody together and uh, try to get people organized. A lot of them get distracted. I've noticed a lot of them, they want to get involved in side issues. Uh, uh, we got to focus on things that will move the needle.
1: So we started a, um, a little uh, uh, website called savemyfreedom.us, savemyfreedom.us. You can go to that www.savemyfreedom.us. Uh, Michelle Swinnick is working on the machines, getting rid of machines in Arizona. She was a judge. She's learned. She, see She did something. And we talk about the elections and everything, which are very important. She did something that most people didn't. She went down to our county. She looked at all the stuff, and she's coming out with a uh, five-point plan that is going to be so important. And she has a show on Brighty on TV, and Brighty on TV is working with us and getting more people involved. And that's one of the things that, uh, that they don't, that people don't understand. We have a lot of podcasts out there, but they don't get the right people on. They get the people on, you know, that talk about you know pandemics and this and that, but not about getting the people involved to do the job. Because you can't have 200,000 people involved when you need a million people involved. You know what I'm saying? And it's never going to happen. Because if I call or send an email out to a million people and tell them to call their congressman to close the border. And, you know, they do things when millions of people call. But we don't have the people calling. Now, I noticed some of the programs, uh, Bannon is one of them. When he tells them to call, the people call. They'll get 30,000, 40,000 people call. And they understand that. And we have to do that. And, you know, a guy like Charlie Kirk doesn't do that. Uh, you know, he's got the young people. We gotta, we gotta get him to do that. We gotta mm-hmm. do, we gotta get the major people that have an audience to do this. Because we have a lot of people that have podcasts, but they're not getting the people involved. They're talking about what's ah, the country's going down, the country's going down, economy's bad. Who cares? Let's talk about getting the people involved to change that. So I leave you with let's get action, action, action. Let's go and call me at S uh 954-318-6902. Stern 1054 day well get involved do it for your kids and your grandkids
0: yeah that's awesome steve and i'll put that it's not often that people will put their personal s- telephone number and and uh uh, cell phone and uh, email, and we'll we'll include that in the show description. But that is uh, awesome, and uh, yeah, that's uh, I want to work with you more. And uh, on I, my focus is right here on my county and my state, and uh, uh, oh, that's that's wonderful. I think you've shown a lot of impact, a lot of effect. And uh, uh, I, I think it'll pay off in the long term. In in Virginia, it was uh, it was a bit dysfunctional, and uh, this was uh, this was a shellacking for the you know, for the uh, let's say let let's say the rhinos uh, and big establishment who came in and told everybody to shut up and get out of the way, and uh, they went backwards, not forwards. So uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, Steve, appreciate that. Uh, so this is, this is Colonel Rhett John and, uh, on the national security hour. And we just had a wonderful, wonderful conversation with Steve Stern, who's done just incredible patriotic work with the precinct strategy, him and Dan Schultz and, uh, appreciate that. And, and flagshirt.com, uh, wonderful, wonderful shirts. Uh, so uh, I know everybody's listening to this and not seeing it, but he has, uh, he has some great product there right on the screen. So definitely check out FlagShirt.com. And Steve, thank you very much.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And like I said, action, action, action. Let's get the people involved.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. Colonel Rhett John uh, on National Security Hour with Steve Stern, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you.